You're listening to Wow Ergonomics with Graham Cove and Stephen Howe. Hi, everybody. It's midday. It's one of those times that I look forward to in the week. It's Wow Ergonomics with me and Stephen. So uh, welcome, everybody, if you're listening on either uh, Spotify, on the playback. I'll do that one first today. Or if you are joining us live on LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, nice to know, actually, our Twitter numbers are going up. Steadily okay. but surely. Yeah, more and more people in on Twitter land are getting into ergonomics or uh, or just us talking. I don't know which yeah. one it is, <laughs> but it's certainly certainly getting a growing number of people that watch us on Twitter each week, which is which is lovely. So how's your week been? Uh pretty good so far yeah I, I have started to see business starting to pick back up and decisions starting to be made and more interest Graham I think I may have called it out to you last week or the week before that I think the return to schools has been really really important I think you know a subject we kicked around a few times was homeschooling etc but I think I think now that pressure's been taken off I think it's allowing people to get back to the day job as it were so I think that from from what I'm doing, where we're getting involved in a lot of projects around home and hybrid working, I think the it, it started to pick up with a bit more pace. So yeah, good. A busy week so far, but obviously glad to be here as uh, as usual for uh, Wow Ergonomics. Great. Now I'm going to start with a slightly contentious issue. Then picking up from where you what you've just said there, which is that because actually my youngest were going to school all the way through this last lockdown uh, because my wife's a critical care worker. Now just hold on to that thought for a minute that my wife is okay. a critical care worker. Um, and of course the older ones were studying from home and that was fine because they could do that. In fact, I don't think they were compromised at all. Um, they both just got on with it. They've got their computers, etc. Good ergonomic setups as well uh, as you would expect in a house yeah. like this. Um, so uh, they've been back to school. They they went back first week, just a couple of days. And it was kind of, you know, just uh, sp staggered in the first week or so. Um, and they were doing their tests on a regular basis because they, you know, they had to go in for a couple of days to learn how to do the tests, etc. And then this is first, well, last week, first week back full time, etc. My eldest is now at home again because okay. someone in his year has COVID, right? So now he's having to self-isolate for 10 okay. days. Um, fortunately, we've, we are racked up to our eyeballs here in tests uh, because of my wife's work, et cetera, as well, and because they're handing them out in town. Um, if anyone wants to buy any tests, I'd, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but so we're testing, we're testing on a regular basis. Okay. But now correct me if I'm wrong on this, but in the first lockdown, okay. was it not the case for a while that if one member of your house had to isolate, you all had to isolate? Was that was it? Was it not if some? Was it not if one person in your house had symptoms, right? And not not just. I don't think if they were. I, oh, do you know what? I can't remember, Graham. I can't. 
it changes so often. I think they had to show some sort of symptoms to drag the rest of you into their sort of um, uh, situation. I think if they were just isolating, they could that the rest of you could sort of crack on. But I could well be mistaken on that. I don't know if uh, anyone is watching us live um, can comment and confirm. Yeah, it'd be interesting um, to know. Really interesting mm. to know. But the question I'm asking here is, is does this work? Because mm. now that he's here, I mean, it's not a problem for me because I don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really see anybody other than you once a yeah. week on here. Um, but, you know, my wife's continuing to go to work, which is which is fine. I mean, she's in full PPE all the time at work, et cetera, et cetera. But the other kids are, are continuing to go to school. But there's there's part of my brain that just doesn't understand the logic. Mm. If he's if he's having to isolate because potentially he was in close contact with someone that had COVID at school, he's not isolating here, or he's not being told he's got to completely isolate here. And to be honest, given his age, that would be impossible anyway. Yeah. So, is that not a risk? to everybody else in the house and then does that not then make a risk going back out there who knows i mean That's... i was talking to someone the other day. Uh, hang on yes all had to be at home the whole household they are i knew uh, it i knew it so first time round we isolated everyone this time round yeah. we don't we just isolate no. the one person I, I thought I, there was something to do with symptoms i thought it was out you only because obviously your son isn't i mean this is you know i mean everyone's sort of brains fogged over haven't they with all the changes but i thought something said to me there had to be some sort of symptoms and that's what drew the rest of you in whether you had the symptoms or not but clearly it's not so renata's come up with a a, a different theory I, very similar lines to your son graham i was talking to a uh, a customer the other day and the story went along the lines of one of his children had gone back to school and wasn't impacted by it directly but the school two children who had been on the school bus on the way in when they then arrived at school and did the lateral flow test came back as positive and everyone else who was on that school bus then had to be identified and they then are having to go through what your son's going with the isolation piece so th the return to school great but they've got you know <laughs> completely stuffed by the fact that they were on the same school bus as someone who then on arrival because i think schools are testing twice a week for senior schools so they've obviously all gone in on the bus two people have got test positive for the lateral flow and then the whole lot of them 50 odd 52 is the number that sticks in my mind they have then got to um isolate on the back of a bus journey <laughs> i mean it's 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 crazy isn't it uh it is i just i just worry given you know the positive conversation that we had right at the start of this program that you you know you're seeing a, a return to, to business picking up etc i just worry that there may be an undercurrent here with what's happening that you suddenly see you know one child or one teacher gets it in the school etc and then you know that whole uh that whole year has to isolate then then people beginning to get back into work etc all find themselves getting pulled back in for yeah. one particular reason etc and and we go we end up doing this mm. um you know I, I don't i don't happen to to know the answers to this i mean 
you know, and some people may disagree with this, but I mean, one theory that my wife put out there is she said, why did we not wait until uh, after Easter to send them back? Because actually you got Easter coming up anyway. That was a holiday. It was only, it was only a couple of weeks, mm. you know, what, what extra would we have achieved if we'd have perhaps just held on and then done it after Easter? Don't know. And maybe, uh, I, Graham, I, I, to be honest, I think you've, I, we've, we've spoken about mental health quite a lot around the whole COVID piece and the children. I think the mental health of the, of the parents teaching at home, I don't think could have hung on any longer, to be honest. I, I've been doing the school run um, with my youngest sort of this week. And I have to say the, the sheer, I mean, there was one parent, I mean, literally skipping down the road. I mean, literally skipping down the road last week with, with delight. I'm not so sure parents homeschooling could have hung in until the Easter break to be quite honest I think I think people had just done enough and if these yeah. sort of things happen you know it, it, it's very much a small percentage but I don't, I don't think people could have really carried on not only for you know yes business you know that was being held back but but the mental health of of the the homeschooling parents I think would not have allowed you know we, another three or four weeks Although you've got to remember, it would have been Easter, so I mean, you mm. know, chocolate and wine. Well, it, that would have got them it, through. It would have helped, you know. Yeah. Um, Adam says, "Thanks for joining us, Adam." Friend of mine is a teacher in a junior school. His partner is a teacher in another one. They have a primary school age son. He calculated that their combined exposure in one day was over a hundred households. Yeah. It's a really difficult one. I don't think there is any right or wrong answer. I just brought it up as a bit of conversation this morning because it's I, it's obviously happened here. And as I say, my only concern is in some households, does that then mean it's a start-stop situation mm. for the parents? Because suddenly, you know, I mean, it's okay when your child is of a certain age, but if you actually felt that there was a need then to be back home to parent that child. You just got back into work, et cetera. Yeah. And, and now your child's back at home again. Um, and, you know, somewhere along the lines with all of this, sometimes the start stop bit is worse than actually getting going. So, or, yeah. or waiting to get going. Don't know, don't know the answers, but thank you to Renata and Adam for, for chipping in on that. Let's go to the first main topic of the day. I don't know which one I'm going to go for. I might just Ooh. mix it up a little bit. In fact, I think I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with this one. Fulton's okay. nil, <laughs> Greg's free. This is, yeah. this is, uh, this is a football result, folks. Uh, Fulton's nil, Greg's free. If you've been following the Champions League this year, they've, they've slipped in some extra teams. Um, because yeah. <laughs> we don't know what's going on because it's no. all played behind closed doors. So, yeah. you know, as, as far as we're concerned, this could actually be happening. What's this story all about then, Stephen? This, this is something that's come up in, in the paper. In yeah, the last I mean, it's uh, carrying on the, the football analogy pun. This sort of kicked off, um, I think it was, I think it was Monday where the first one came out, which was obviously the piece around Thornton's. That Thornton's have said they won't be reopening their stores, um, post lockdown and I think it was the number something like 60 stores which they were down from hundreds and hundreds you know 10 or 15 years ago but they won't be opening their stores um, and that was about 600 jobs at threat for, because of that but on the flip side yesterday Greg's I think announced their worst performance in 36 years but they have said they will be opening 100 new stores in 2021 so it's just the whole the whole um, uh, 
um, high street piece, isn't it, really, that you've seen one retailer sort of totally, you know, stick the car in reverse and totally back away. And I guess Thornton's, I think, are going to be using the, the supermarket channel. And I think they've got a number of concession stores and things like that. But Greg's have gone the other way. And they're obviously looking to open more stores. And especially when we go back to our favorite subject around home working, et cetera, mm. it's an interesting one by Greg's because, you know, as the businesses start to get over, the numbers will no doubt be less people traveling before. They're obviously something that's quite convenient. You pick up maybe on the way or on the way home from work. So it's an interesting one that they're opening more stores, yet you'd think, footfall would be reduced for for workers actually leaving the house so it's just a an interesting one really i, I wanted to just pick this out and kick it around a bit i guess so yeah i think what would be interesting to see where they open yeah. those stores now part of that may be and especially as you've you've intimated there that they actually had not the best year as well um maybe there's still there's an opportunity there at the moment because there's a lot of there's a lot of space, retail space that's shut. Um, and maybe there's just a lot of retail space that's going at such a good price that it's worth them investing in that at this moment in time, because actually um, it almost in a suck it and see type situation. But will it all be high street location? That will be the really interesting test on this because uh, again, going back to what we were saying before, uh, in in other shows, you know, the high street per se is going to change. We know that city centres are going to change and that ultimately we will probably see a different landscape developing there. So will it be in the high streets or will it be, as I have seen in uh, some locations with Greg's, will it be on trading estates? Mm. So will they, will they, you know, sort of... Uh, up their efforts in terms of training states or will it be more and this this is interesting will it be more in small local towns at stroke even villages okay be because um that's interesting and actually i'll bring in another little topic of conversation here which is that i i got to speak to my neighbor uh during this week is this the new neighbor is this the new neighbour? It's Graham? not the new neighbour. This ah. is one of the existing neighbours. Um, but I got to speak to my uh, one of my neighbours whilst we were doing the bins at safe distance, I, I hasten to add, um, the other day. Now, he, um, I think I've spoken about him before, he is a lecturer at my son's university, which is up in Cheltenham. Um, he was about to go for his first ever trip up to Cheltenham to teach since the beginning of the first lockdown okay right and that is his first journey out right. of our village uh, out of our town since the beginning of lockdown he's not been anywhere right and he said it's going to seem very very surreal um he was traveling for four students and okay. <laughs> and he said it's the only lecture that he's got to do on site and then he'll be back here again. And interestingly, as an institution, he said they are thinking or talking about how much of it they are going to deliver online in the future. Because actually, from every point of view, it makes more sense mm -hmm. 
for them to deliver online from an accessibility point of view, from a staff well-being point of view, for even actually, interestingly, from the point of view of some students. Some students hate online learning, but some students absolutely love it. Yeah. And, they, and they are looking very closely at the moment as to what continues there. But he raised a very interesting point with this, which is he said, and they, they've been debating it at the university, which is why I thought it was a really good topic. They believe we may see the return of the market town. They, okay. We may see a return to people with knowledge and particular skills rather than having to travel out of a town in order to go and find work getting more of their work locally and those skill sets actually staying more within that town. And actually we develop more of a town or localized culture again as a, within the country where actually we stay more within our local areas and we develop more of our local areas. Now that's a really interesting thought and bringing that back to the Greg. So will we actually see Greg's, you know, not necessarily go for all of the big towns, mm. but actually some of the smaller towns as well, where they can be competitive. But you know, you actually think, oh, it's lunch. That's a that's a relatively cheap yeah. lunch to buy. I'm just going to pop up to Greg's, yeah. get myself a lunch. There will be clever clever people within their property side of their business who analyze all of the you know they'll be doing data there'll be studies that it, for, for someone to be investing in in you know three figure new locations they clearly know what's going to happen don't they they've, they've got some sort of they've done some research they've got the inside sort of nod as to what 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 they really feel is going to happen because otherwise you wouldn't be doing and yes they're not big properties and i'm sure they maybe wouldn't be committing to huge leases but you'd think they've probably got the inside track on what's going to happen um and, and therefore you're right i think they will look at it and go actually if a lot more people are staying locally how do we get into those local market towns where previously we've maybe not had a presence because because there isn't enough football footfall um will there in future be that amount of business you know i think we've we've spoken about it haven't we graham in the past about you know you know from where you are in the country less probably a lot of you know probably a decent number of people regularly commuting up to london etc who are no longer going to be doing that because they only need to be there now once every four weeks once every three weeks actually they'll be at home more or staying local, maybe in shared office spaces, and therefore that that little stroll down the lun at lunchtime to make sure they're staying active and healthy, you know, or we're going to we're going to use that to go and nip to somewhere like Greg's or something like that. So maybe it will just drive demand for that type of of um, retail environment within that that local smaller town, city, village, whatever it would be. Well, if you think about one of the growth areas that we've seen from Greg's in the last couple of years, it's been to actually um, set up more shops in petrol stations and service stations mm. across the country. You and I know from from when we travelled, yeah. <laughs> right, that more places where you stop for fuel or or, or or you know a coffee or whatever on on the road were getting Greg's in. Now, surely that's been hammered. Um, all of mm. those places must have been hammered with less cars on the road, less less long distance traveling, etc. So, um, again, you know, maybe maybe 
there think about that maybe they move more into to localized petrol stations or or yeah. you know more um sort of edge of town petrol stations etc and yeah and maybe more more at the time being more empty places in towns where shops have gone so um you know i, I think it'd be really interesting to see if anyone from greg's is listening or yeah. <laughs> or anyone from or thornton's Ed, or anyone that's expanding retail wise we'd love to hear from you on this program and do come on as guests it would be it'd be tremendous to get someone like that on to to give us an insight into where things are going to go but yeah Fulton's nil greg's free graham just yeah. one last thought on that I, i'm not from a recruitment background and, and i'm probably seeing this very simplistically but wouldn't it be interesting if those two organizations could talk to each other one's expanding and one is mothballing retail wouldn't it be interesting if you know and i'm sure people out there in the recruitment sector would say it doesn't work that way you're seeing it too simplistically Stephen. but wouldn't it be interesting if there could be some sort of tie-up to say you know thornton's can say you know we've got staff based in these locations who aren't going to have a job when we get made redundant you're looking to do some sort of expansion and yes i know there's competition out there but you almost feel that that there's a potential synergy there isn't there Is, is that something that could be could be tapped into Oh, no, it absolutely is. And I don't know whether you saw the, the little live that I did with Lucy Dean, who's uh, a recruitment specialist for both the construction, transport and freight industry. But okay. uh, one, of, one of the topics we covered on that was the fact that, you know, there are some opportunities at the moment, especially around retail, where people not necessarily at the shop facing front of retail, but in the back end of retail have lost their jobs because those those parts of the retail section of section section have closed down for them to use transferable skills to move into other things within sort of freight or transport etc because mm. you know there are other areas that are growing still mm. um and you know it may be that ultimately if you've managed a warehouse and you've you know moved goods with a forklift truck etc you know you may well be able to move from a retail section to another retail section or you could actually move from there to something in construction say for example moving bricks around in a warehouse as opposed to clothes so you know it, it'd be interesting to see where people end up and do people pursue those sort of transferable skills as well we have another comment. We do. Oh, look at this. Here we go. My sister, my goodness, we're completely covered. Um, if you're if you're watching uh, this live, you can see this. But um, if you're on some Spotify, people would say that's an improvement, Graham. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this on Spotify, then Adam's comment that he's just put up uh, that I've put up on screen completely covers and obliterates uh, mine and Stephen's face. My sister teaches contract law at Southampton University. Most of her students come from abroad, and for the last year, she has done all of her tuition online. Going back to that point, the university has embraced this technology to deliver teaching without the need for classrooms. The most resistance has come from her peer uh, tutors, some of whom have absolutely refused to learn how to use online conferencing systems. Now, that's really interesting. Yeah. My sister actually uses Teams and Zoom in tandem so that she can present on one platform and keep track of. Uh, and there it cuts out because uh, it can't allow that. But that's yeah. really interesting. Mm. So actually, a lot of the some of the resistance has actually come from peers um, and teaching peers within within the teaching profession. Um, 
you know, times are a changing, folks. I think, you know, that's that's one of the things that we we keep coming back to on this program is that you have to have to learn to to adapt yeah. going forward in these times. And um, you know, uh Phil that I've done some work with on the edtech side of things did a wonderful talk at one of the events that I put on where he said as a as, as a sort of shot across the bow to anybody in the education sector, he said, your students are watching YouTube. Your students learn on a day-to-day basis general stuff on YouTube. If your lectures aren't up to YouTube standard, yeah. you're failing, right? And it's really, it's a really interesting thought. So, mm. um, you know, we're going to see a big revolution, I think, in the whole education system, um, you know, and ultimately I, I talked to a couple of people the other day and they went, don't get it. Don't get the value now of education in university. I don't know that I totally agree with that. Mm. But the interesting thing that was being said there was that we can learn so much better from good mm. video content or even paid for video content that's yeah. available online. And ultimately, you know, stuff from universities in some cases maybe two or three years behind i don't know whether that's the case It'd be good to hear from any um any tutors out there that want to you know argue the case that that's not the case but certainly when i was at university some of the lecturers were dreadful yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and i would have far preferred to have watched it on youtube and probably would have learned a lot more so um you know we did have good ones but we also had bad ones as well yeah. uh, if you've got any um anything to comment on education there you go if you're wondering by the way uh why this program's called wow ergonomics when some of the time we don't even talk about ergonomics <laughs> so so are we we don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just seemed like a great idea because we do both know about ergonomics and therefore we will talk about ergonomics occasionally but we do also want to sort of touch on the sort of trends and things that are happening in the workplace uh and in culture at any given point because they all actually affect ergonomics in one shape or form um and there you go so uh, let's go to this one next the eu and vaccines what a week it's been hasn't it in terms of the news in terms of especially the astrazeneca vaccine um all I can comment on is from experience of talking to people that have had the vaccines. Um, there do seem to be more side effects. And I don't know whether this is true or not, but there do. From, this is just personal experience, nothing else. There do seem to be more side effects with the AstraZeneca. Um, most of the people that I know that have had the AstraZeneca have been a little bit poorly afterwards. Okay which is nothing to be unexpected, to be honest, with a vaccine. You would, you know, you go and have the flu flu vaccine, you would expect to maybe be poorly for a day or two. Um, But there seems to be sort of more side effects with that than, say, the Pfizer uh, vaccine. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, what's going on in Europe? I mean, really, is is this political? There's a new story now. Uh, this morning, apparently, about Boris saying this this could be the start of some kind of cold war. You do have to think: is it is any of this sort of politically motivated? Um, hello, Jenny. Um, hello, Jenny. Um, yeah, you know, it almost 
you know, there, there was sort of stories a few weeks ago where it wasn't being advised for people over a certain age. Was it France wasn't allowing it for the over 65s or something like that? And you do look at it and you think, you know, I, is there is there a, an, an element of envy? You know, um, you know, we, I mean, there'll be a whole um, process of reviewing everything that's gone on from the 20th of March last year around everything that every decision that was ever made. But you do look and think, is there envy that the fact that we do seem to be leading the way? Um, you know, Israel are doing a great job with their vaccine program, but we are we are cracking on. You know, some of the other some of the countries in Europe that are, you know, within a few hundred miles of our borders are miles behind us. Absolutely miles. I mean, I think I've just seen this morning that people sort of 50 to 51 or 52 are getting their text messages about their appointments and people are booking in for this weekend. Um, I guess, Graham, we're in the next bracket, aren't we? Would that be right? Would we say, where are we in the next one? I, down I, yeah, I'm in the next one down. I, I'm, you know, we're just missing out on this one. It's, it's, yeah. my, fifth, it's my 50th birthday this year. Oh, so, okay. so you know, would have been in there, um, but you know, it's not going to be long now. I think um, we'll probably. I think by the middle of April, me and you in the forty to forty-nine bracket will have um, will have had ours. I'd have thought maybe just at the end of the back end of the Easter holiday, something like that. So, yeah. but if you if you speak to people in Europe, they they're miles behind. I mean, that you know, they're 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 sort of you know, I don't know the numbers. You know, I've seen the numbers, can't think of them top of my head. But their rates at getting the people over 65, 70 with the with the jabs are are way down. You know, we, you think we've probably moved on from that already. We're already getting down the scale that within a month's time we'll have, we'll we'll be probably tapping into people in their thirties. Yeah. So you do think is there an element of like you said politics? Is an element of envy? I mean, I know there's frustration from the from the people of the other countries who are just frustrated that their governments do appear to be dragging their dragging their feet. Are they looking for excuses? Is 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 it mixed it with Brexit still? Is there still a bit of um, angst and bitterness around that? Who knows? Who knows? I mean. Okay, I, here's my personal viewpoint on this, which is that, and I have, I actually have, because I've had some conversations. In fact, I'm going to be talking to a, a musician later this afternoon who's, who's, you know, um, probably not going to have the vaccine, and that's her choice. Okay, and mm -hmm. I and I know why, and I'm not going to go into that. I'm not going to discuss that because she's shared that with me, and that's, you know, that's very kind of her. Um. I've had some conversations with people that are not going to have the vaccine. And normally when I have those conversations with people, they are, they have reasons why they are not going to have the vaccine. And I totally appreciate and, and understand that. My view is, you know, if you're of a certain age uh, where you can make up your mind about this whole thing, you've seen from, you know, the, the news reports and whatever, you, you understand that there's risk involved um, like there are with anything medical. I mean, if you stick a needle in someone's arm, there's always a risk, yeah. always a risk. If you put something foreign in someone's body, there is always a risk, mm -hmm. right? Surely to some extent should, should this actually be a government decision or should this be down to people? Right. There are going to be a load of people that are not going to get vaccinated. And that is actually up to them, whether they get yeah. vaccinated or not. There's a whole load of other people that want this vaccine, want to see this as the way out. 
see this as the light at the end of the tunnel mm. and just want to get on with it and actually would prefer to have it now. You know, I I just wonder whether it's, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, this shouldn't be down to people being able to make a choice for themselves um, wherever they are. You know, mm. I have the vaccine. I don't have the vaccine. Um, some really interesting comments coming in. Yeah. Um, I had the AC vaccine with no side effects apart from a sore arm and a mild headache. My wife has had slightly more reaction, but she has ME. Okay, there you go. That's that's fair comment. Uh, there are several people she's in contact with with similar chronic conditions, and they seem to have had more unpleasant reactions. Mm. Absolutely. I There are people with conditions. There are people that have got a family history of people being affected by vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. I totally agree that it should be any individual's right as to whether or not they have the vaccine but that's the whole point should it be down to governments or should it be if it's available should it be down to individuals rights to whether or not they have the vaccine uh renata back again in europe they vaccinate people of different professions e.g teachers lecturers social workers it is not so age bound okay ah right interesting uh and one last one, the conspiracy theorist in me wonders if there are some sour grapes with the countries not using AZ. It is because they are short of supplies and pointing the blame at AZ. Graeme, you know, we were just talking there, I think it was Renata's comment about profession professions. Um, there was a story that, I, again, I, I think it was in the national press at the back end of last week. I don't know whether you saw it or how much exposure it got, but they were saying, if you look at Derby and Burton hospitals, combined they've got a workforce of something like 16,000 or just under 16,000 people and they were saying so healthcare front front you know um front and center they were saying there was something like a thousand people still hadn't been vaccinated even though they were in one of the priority groups now obviously some of them were sat were down to you know people who were pregnant etc you can fully understand that but you do look and you think you know front front of um you know frontline workers thousand almost a thousand people hadn't taken it and you know it just it not sort of commenting on their decision because there could be reasons why but when you start seeing those sort of numbers you think actually you'd have thought they would have been in the high 90s wouldn't you potentially that sort of profession but actually i'm trying to do the maths roughly in my head um but that's probably about seven percent eight six seven percent something like that haven't had it who work in hospitals and you're thinking actually that's that's more than you thought you'd, you'd think isn't it really and you're thinking well what message does that potentially send out to the wider public if a lot of frontline care workers or hospital workers aren't taking it or having the option of doing it themselves i know i know i i, I again i don't know what the answer is here mm. um it thanks for everyone for putting their opinion forward um but, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, my my personal view is if if Europe don't want it, then get it back over here quicker. We we'll love it. And we'll have it. I'll have it quicker than than I was going to have it. You know, um, I'll, I'll have it next week, please. Thank you very much. I just, now, Graham, there's a thought. Hang on a sec. Just thinking thinking this through here, and this may not work, but I mean, surely there's got to be the opportunity for on wow ergonomics for a live vaccine, hasn't there? Oh, amazing! Yeah, live no, I, bet, I, I bet you can't. I wonder if you could. I wonder if you're allowed to take it. Could we? Get, could that potentially me and you? Could, we might have to discuss this off air. But could we? Could we get a, a Wow Ergonomics live vaccine? 
must be rules around taking social media devices into. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we'd we'd have to we'd have to check check that out, wouldn't we? If yeah. anyone knows the rules on that, let us know. I mean, I'm I'm up for it. I mean, you know, I'll take I'll take the camera into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take camera into the into me local center and you know let people see me getting stabbed in the arm. That's fine. At least you'll know where I've gone if yeah. if I do have a reverse uh, uh, an adverse reaction. You'll be able to go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what happened to him. And you're what you won't wonder where I'm. I'm not, why I'm not there the next week. You know. So there, there you go. Oh no, I think that I think that's fair enough. Absolutely. Mm. Um, if you've got any more comments on the EU and vaccines, uh, what's your what's your opinion? What's your say on the topic? What do you think um, should be going on? Do you think this is all um, political or do you think that there are real concerns which we haven't yet addressed properly and should be uh, properly investigated before uh, people have the vaccine? Can we afford to wait? Um, I don't know. Don't know is the answer to that. I'm I'm just having to answer a text. Sorry about this. Okay. I'm, I'm no, gonna... you don't let the show interrupt your your conversation, Graham. Well, no, oh, no, absolutely. No, well, it's the it's the, it's the boss calling. Oh, okay, I, I, and I don't know. I don't know what's the matter. So uh, there we go. Let's go on to the next topic for today, which yes. um, we've we've got to sing this bit. Dirty cash, I want oh. you. Dirty cash, I need you. Oh, right. So money talks. Money talks. Stevie okay. Nicks. Uh, no, no, no. What the no. song "Dirty Cash"? Uh, now someone's going to come in here quickly. Um, so, uh, Adventures of Stevie V. Stevie, Stevie v. v. That's it. Yes. See, you were nearly and there with that. Was a Stevie you? in there? There was. Yes, yeah, Stevie Nicks. No, just not the singer from um, Fleetwood Mac. Come blank, Fleetwood Mac. There you go. There you go. So, oh, hang on. There's a knock at the door. Yes, do come oh. in. Hello. Mum needs either you or me to go immediately to her work with Liz. Oh, you better go. Okay. All right. My son's now having to go immediately to my wife's work with a monkey wrench. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, that's that's live. You don't normally get this kind of no. live thing on air, but obviously it sounds like they've had a leak. Graham, just carrying on the music theme again. Can't yeah. think. Monkey wrench by uh, Foo Fighters. Sorry, I can't go. I will have to go in a minute because I'm in the middle of a show. Okay. All right, there we go. <laughs> hey, to be fair, Graham, he's following the self isolation rules. Do you see? I tested him there, and he he was immediately straight back with oh. I, I can't do that. Well, there you go. Maybe we'll just have to wrap up slightly early today so yeah. I can I can get out to do that. There's anyway, an a dental emergency, a dental den hospital dental emergency. emergency. Well, it's a bit worrying, isn't it, that I've got yeah. to take a monkey wrench to a dental uh, practice. It's a what, sorry? It's a ball wrench, apparently. Okay. An adjustable ball wrench. Adjustable wrench. A decibel. I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. I've got headphones on. I can't hear. Never work it's, with kids and animals, Graham. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. If you've got any opinions on working with kids and animals, you can also mm. let us know. Right. Last thing of the day, then. Yeah. Dirty cash, I want you. This is about the fact that um, ATM machines are disappearing. Mm. 
all over the place. I didn't realise it was such a, a dramatic thing and that so many were actually going. But it's mainly free-to-use ones. They're going to continue with the ones, obviously, that charge you two quid a yeah. time or whatever to, to use. Dirty rotters that they are. Yeah. You know, I hate that, don't you? When you get to a, a service station or something and you think, oh, great, cash machine, and you go up to it, it's like, going to charge you two quid to use this. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. And, I, and then I'm like, no, no, you're not. But, um, you know, obviously, throughout this whole period as well, to kind of accelerate all of this, people have just not been using cash. Mm. Um, and I have had some great comments on the poll this morning about yeah. this that I did. Um, you know, people saying, oh, well, I normally have uh, an emergency £20 note in my wallet, which I use yeah. just in case of emergencies. But it's been in there a whole year. Haven't used yeah. it. <laughs> You know, um, so there you go. People, people are not using cash no. now. Where would you use cash these days, Stephen? Well, I think uh, we were discussing this before. There's only two places where I think I currently use cash. Both vital services. One's the ice cream van. That is vital. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to keep children happy and sugared up, the second one, which is very, very important again for children, is. And I think I answered this on one of your polls, Graham, the other week about ironing. I will fess up. We send the ironing out. And the place where the ironing what? goes, yeah, we don't do the ironing. No. I'm totally, totally over ironing. However, the two places are the place where the ironing goes and the ice cream van. Apart from that, I can't think anywhere else where I've been that has needed cash and I guess other thing, I mean, I've just noticed a co uh, comment there from Renata about the tooth fairy. The other one is, I guess yeah, when I you were that. a kid. Yeah, it's a great one. Rem um, Renata, folks, just for, in, in case you're listening, said, how are we going to make the tooth fairies visiting the children with what? Well, plastic. I, plastic. Do you not find out that when your kids go to birthday parties, though, I have to say we've moved on from a tenner. It's get them an Amazon voucher. Crazy. So therefore... Crazy. I'm struggling apart from ice cream van, yeah. tooth fairy, yeah. ironing place. Yeah. Why else would I need cash? Right. Okay. So I'm going to go for mine. Um, okay. I'm going to, I know I'm going to deconstruct one of yours. Uh, we have in, we have an ice cream van that can come round to our local and you book it. Right. Yeah. But you can pay by card. In oh. fact, you can, you can pay. Yeah, not only can you pay by card, you can pay contactless, um, and and on your Apple Pay and all that. Okay. So you know, moving on, you know, you should be able to see ice cream vans where you you literally. In fact, the future thinking about it for ice cream right. vans, right, is that an ice cream van with an app, and you just order. Oh in advance your ice creams and then he turns up and gives them to you i say him that's being sexist him her in the ice cream van right yeah. um that 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 just happens see so okay. that, there's no need necessarily going forward for uh, an ice cream van to have to have that down here in the west country the one place you still need coins quite often is car parks car parking mm. right which i still don't get to this day no. right why on earth 
why on earth do you anywhere in the in Britain to this day have a car park that doesn't take card or has that telephone thing? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Can and, and if, if you're in charge of that at a car park, someone can you stop it? Because that is uh, annoying. Do you know what, yeah. Graham? I tell you what I don't like. I can't stand I can't stand the car park with the phone. That is that's more irritating than coins. Well, it is. Well, it, well, it is. Whoever came up with that idea, it, it that is just so annoying. It isn't. It isn't right. And actually, I've done a poll on that before now. Oh, have you? Right? Okay. Yeah, I've done, believe it or not, I've done a poll on everything, haven't I? Really. Um, <laughs> but I did a poll on that because I said I was taking all of those because I hadn't been out for ages. I was taking all of those various apps off my phone, right? Um, because you have to have a different app everywhere. That would mm. be fine if you could have one app one. across the yeah. country that did your car at every single car park. Mm. Can we get that sorted out? Someone, please yeah. get that sorted out. Let's 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 not have let's let's have a monopoly there. I don't care. There are some places where a monopoly would be a great thing. That would yeah. be it. Car parks and apps. I just want one company to run the whole country. And it's one app, and I just arrive there, and I go, yeah, I'm parking here. Thanks. Boom. That's that's it. I actually look for car parts with app-based payment systems. Yeah, absolutely, Adam. I totally get it. Mm. You know, I think that that's fine. But some of the people, and I did, the poll was about how many of these apps do you have on your phone. Some people got like six apps. But for six. Just for car parking. Car parking. And I know exactly where they were coming from because I was like that. Yeah. Because I travelled all over the country, I've got apps everywhere. And each car park, you have to have a different app. It's nonsense. But, yeah, still down in this part of the West Country, in case people were wondering where I'm talking about, um, there's still some car parks where it, it literally is coin only. And you think, that is ridiculous because no yeah. one carries coin anymore. And do you know what you end up doing? I'll tell you that, like, without a shadow of a light this is what you end up doing you end up going to one of those car parks looking around to make sure that there's no traffic warden or, or, or car parking attendant there and then you run to the nearest you you look on your google thing beforehand for the nearest cash points you run to the nearest cash point or supermarket because you know they're going to have it get a tenner out Go into the supermarket, buy something stupid so that you've got some coins, then run back and pay. And you just think that's an that is a nonsense. You would think though, Graham, with everything that's gone on with COVID, you know, and uh, that actually the, the 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 coins, the touching the coins, the cash, that would be one of the areas that that, that surely they're going to get to soon. Is is in the whole reduction of cash, not just notes, but also coins is going to be looking at those things, you know, looking at those areas where people are still touching coins. Again, you've no idea where they've been before. Now, I guess I don't know whether, you know, COVID can be passed on by things like that. I guess probably not. But but again, you do look and think, surely that's one of the things that's going to get going to get phased out is is anything that's coin based. Surely, you know, getting contactless or or even like, you know, the apps which i hate but but that, that that's got to be one of the things that's going to be tackled at some point you'd think wouldn't you i i think i think we will see it go mm. um the other reason i think that from the economy point of view that governments will want to see it go is because it stops 
the cash in hand trading. How many businesses still to this day make a little bit of money because it's cash in hand and ultimately nobody knows that that business happened. Mm. Suddenly, if it's got to go through a system and through a bank account, it's traceable and, you know, therefore HMRC can trace it. They can they can align that transaction to a bank account. If they investigate that person, they can see where that's happening. And it's going to stop all of those transactions from happening now. And bank robbers, Graham. What are bank robbers? They're all going to be made redundant because there's going well, to be no cash to Nick. Absolutely pointless. COVID on metals, is it's more res, uh, resistant than a lot of other materials. Okay. Absolutely. Um, thanks for that, Adam. But here's here's the rub, you see. I just wonder, this is another thing. With all of that happening, yes, that puts money back into government coffers from people that are not paying enough tax because they're, they're, they're earning money without declaring it. But ultimately, for the consumer, is it going to make life more expensive? Because yet again, it's like all things, swings and roundabouts, while people can do the odd bit of work, and I'm not condoning this at all, but while people can do the odd bit of work under the table, so to speak, with a little bit of cash, it does mean that occasionally certain things in life can be a little bit cheaper for people. And at a time where people haven't got money in their pockets, that can sometimes be a bit handy because it means that people don't have to pay out so much. As soon as you have to put something through a process and invoice it, et cetera, et cetera, and it has to, you know, uh, you've got to pay tax on it, people yeah. are going to charge you the proper rate. It does mean that certain services will go up. How will that affect, for example, builders, uh, you know, anyone anyone with a trade, mm. et cetera, mechanics, you know? that I mean, these are all trades, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. I'm sure most of you out there are completely <laughs> reputable, etc. But these are the kind of trades where traditionally a little bit of cash in hand work has gone on, you know. But it does mean that that all of those things may may disappear uh, as as you being able to to get something slightly cheaper mm. if if people actually have to put things through their books. So. In fact, it might it might stop more people going into those industries as well, yeah. because actually they, there may not be as much money in it for them if uh, if they can't do a little bit of cash dealing. So yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how cash goes in the next few years uh, mm. and whether or not um, cash will continue to to be part of our culture or or whether it will disappear. Um, you'd think though, Graeme, you've still got that the older generation who are, and actually it ties back to what we were saying about lecturers before, wasn't it, around Zoom and, and Teams and things like that. It's that older generation who are always used to dealing in cash that obviously it can't be removed from them. But you almost think, is there some sort of program, a big educational piece to be done around that, around getting those people who aren't comfortable with it actually dealing with contactless, et cetera, rather than themselves getting involved in in cash so there's a big like it almost goes around every subject we've covered there's an educational piece that would really really benefit everyone but it's it's putting that that process in place isn't it so well, it's zoom see, teams and contactless and you've brought it back around to ergonomics so you know at the end of the day uh at the end of the day we, we have to think about 
you know, how people transaction, uh, you mm. know, in, in different spaces as well. And um, we, we want to get away from, we want to, uh, ergonomics isn't necessarily just about how you, you sit at a desk or, or, you know, how you use a particular piece of machinery, et cetera. It can also be about, you know, the, the whole experience of how you, of how life is for you within a particular environment, mm. you know, um, and there was a piece in the, the news, I think it was about two weeks ago now, about Amazon opening its first uh, retail unit in the UK, yeah. which was uh, completely um, uh, devoid of staff, you know, and you literally yeah. walk in and you pick up off the shelf and as you walk out, it, it you know, it does your bill and takes it off of your bank account because it knows where you're picking from. And they've had those in the States for a little little yeah. while now but we've got our first one over here and there was a follow-up story graham as well i think a bit of a sub story that followed on a couple of days later can't remember it was one of the nordic countries is scandinavia where a guy had done a similar thing there where it was a, a, a like a little convenience store for some of the more remote areas and exactly the same there was no till or anything it obviously clocked you as you went in you'd obviously you know clocked whatever you were picking as you went through and then deducted it or charged the app for that amount so again i can't remember I'm sure it was i want to say it was norway one of the scandinavian countries but again that concept had had sort of been something they'd been using as well for for those sort of far-flung remote areas where maybe getting staff is difficult they'd actually made that a cashless environment that tied back to the app yeah so what i want to see clever people that are out there is i want to see um car parks advance in terms of that yeah. kind of technology I just think it's obvious. I think at the end of the day, what I want to see is a car park where it knows that I've driven my car in. Mm. It then links my car registration to an app. My app pings up and goes, you've just entered this car park. Are you going to, are you going to be staying in this car park? Yes or no. You can, therefore you can make a decision about it. Mm because you might have just driven around and gone, oh, there's no car parking spaces. And maybe it gets some feedback from you there as to why you're not staying as well. There are no parking spaces, you know, and that, that helps them realise that, you know, some, some great data. At this time of the day, there were no car parking spaces, you know. Um, and then, you know, it knows whether you've left or not. So it would automatically charge you if you if you hung around. But if not, yeah, I'm staying, etc. And then it gives you the options on the screen. How many hours do you want to stay for? Bang, 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 boom, and takes the money. Right? Mm. I don't want don't need to go up to a machine. <laughs> don't need to go up to a machine. I just want it to ping up on my app because I've gone into the car park. What is what is the point? Because that is another mm. bugbear of mine, right? When you go to a big car park having to walk half a mile to find the yeah. parking machine and then back to the mm. car again to stick the thing on and then back again to that side of the place because that's the exit. That's ridiculous. You and I know, both know because we've both had that experience. You know, sometimes that can take you forever yeah. doing that. And whilst you're at it, clever people that are programming <laughs> this stuff at the same time, right, when you get the reminder, here's a clever thing, when you get the reminder about, returning to your car because your time's running out as well can the app also tell you which floor of the car park you're on please oh yes and yeah, what space definitely. right how brilliant would that be right 
here's a reminder you need to go back to your car park now and by the way you're on floor d and in space 31 but graham they wouldn't need to send a reminder if we could link it to an app and it just charged you for all the time that you're there so we get rid of the reminder we just know it's six pounds per hour and if you were there you know three three hours and 15 minutes you get charged three and a quarter times the rate that's what we need this get away from the hassle of buying a ticket for so long you park there and we charge for however long you're in between the the entrance and the exit barrier happy days yeah. do you know yeah, what Graham, car simpler. parks we've got to come back to car parks and cash we've just scratched the surface i think today this is the real joker in the pack this one it is it's it's actually a really really interesting subject yeah. and for anybody that's spent an inordinate amount of time on the road like you and me it's an absolute bugbear i mean i in a, in my previous life probably spent around 12 sometimes 1200 pounds a month on car parking right that's that is serious business now there's loads of people out there that that sell goods or or, or whatever else that haven't been spending that money etc but when we do get back to moving again for you to convince me to get into a car park again and use your car park I want to see some smart technology, yeah. right? Because you would agree with me, if the price is right and the, 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 the experience is right in that situation, you're going to use that car park every time. You, yeah. you know, absolutely. It's about experience. And that comes back down to ergonomics. Ergonomics is all about getting that, you know, personal experience right within that environment. Mm-hmm. So let's get away from car parks where you have to walk to a car parking machine no coins please thank you that's silly let's get away from a different app per car park because that's daft what we want is smart technology i go in it's it knows my phone is my phone number is linked to my car and on the apnr system it goes boom you're in this car park sends me something on my phone and goes right how do you want to pay for it and they they can still have a machine for an idiot that's forgotten their phone but how many people do that these days <laughs> you know mm, i mean yeah well how many pe- how many people well actually saying that i've had to run up the road with um two people's phones from this household uh, last yeah. day but most people travel with a phone yeah so, I mean, I, I think you could probably have one machine in a thing that's for, like, you've forgotten your phone, sort it out here. But everybody else, their experience could all be off an app, on a phone, and without touching anything at all. And I just wonder, going forward, as as an ergonomic experience for retail or shoppers or anything out there, we will probably see less and less actual physical contact required. Yeah with with whatever environment we're in in order for us to buy into that that product or that service that we're we're actually wanting it just makes sense all of this has been accelerated from the pandemic yeah but it just makes sense in terms of our experience as end users within that environment so thank you for that i'm now going to go and run up the road with my uh foo fighters monkey wrench yeah and uh and and <laughs> get, go and see what's going on hopefully it's not a gas leak because that, no. that would be really really awful um 
But thanks for everyone for listening today. Thanks for Thank all you. the great comments. Um, mm, brilliant to see so many comments today. Uh, thanks in particular to Renata and Adam, who uh, between them have written probably enough for a whole thesis. Um, you probably deserve <laughs> a. <laughs> you you actually deserve a, a a sort of medal for that. Uh, Adam, one last comment from Adam to finish the yeah. show today. I use just part where you park in people's drives, much cheaper national and normally just a short distance from where you need to go. Quite often you can book international car parking organizations, parks too. Really good idea. More people opening up their own private drives for people to park in. That's another fault as well. Again, it all needs to be smart. Wow Ergonomics finishing there again at one o'clock on this uh, lovely Wednesday. We will see you again next week. Bye for now. See you next week. You've been listening to Wow Ergonomics, sponsored by Bakker Alkaisen.